I, you know, I wasn't really making money yet. I left this relationship, moved back home with my parents. I like felt like a total failure in all accounts. Right. I was like, did I just quit this like big glamorous job with celebrities to bake brownies? Like what the hell am I doing with my life? And it was terrifying. Welcome to the Emotional Compass. This is Abiel Bodhi. Today's guest is Marissa Medden. She's a serial entrepreneur, certified coach, where she helps individuals discover their true career callings, overcome emotional obstacles, and achieve a life filled with more joy and freedom. Prior to her coaching, Marissa managed marketing campaigns for some of the largest brands in the world while working for PepsiCo. In today's episode, we're going to discuss her journey from corporate to traveling entrepreneur. So stick with us. We got some exciting stuff ahead. Uh, Marissa, thank you so much for joining us today at the Emotional Compass. You're such a multifaceted person. And I think this interview is very timely because we're reaching the new year. And with new year, people set new goals and intentions. And one of the things that keeps coming up for a lot of people is like, hey, am I happy in my job? And if I'm not, like, what am I even doing with my life? Yeah, that's been a really big question for a lot of people this year, especially with COVID, when all of our other distractions have been taken away with, uh, you can't travel and go hang out with your friends and do your hobbies. And people are really left with themselves and their work at home wondering, I, what am I doing? I really don't like this, but here I am doing it. So uh, it's been, yeah, a really important question this year. And so when people actually come to you with that question, because you're a coach, you're a career coach. And so you help people transition to different jobs and even probably different careers. Yeah. So so what's that starting point? Like, I mean, how do you guide them through this? What's the first question that you ask them? Yeah, I'll say the first question and then I'll back. It's not always the first question, but one of the ones I love is um, like, what do you lose all track of time doing? What do you really enjoy? And typically that's something that we don't think we can do as a career or monetize. So it's just a really fun one to, that is always an important question to get people started. But in terms of who I help and, and what and when and all of that, mostly it's people who are in a career, in a job where they're thinking to themselves, I don't really like this. I know I don't love this. I know it's not my purpose. Maybe I don't even know my purpose, but I know I don't like this job, but I don't know what would be better or I don't know how to get to the next thing. And that's where people really come to me for help. So when we start, it's really starting with sessions of, you know, starting from scratch, pretending we know nothing. What do you love to do? Who are you? Like what brings you joy? Where do you lose track of time? All of those things. And then building into how do you turn that into career or a business you want to start and that fits into your lifestyle and that you can really love. So that's the short of it. There's much more intricacies, but hopefully that's a good start. Oh, yeah. I mean, as you're saying that, I think the biggest thing that would come to me is like the fear, like leaving the security and comfort, like what I call, because I have a day job and I call those golden handcuffs. Like how... (laughs) I can't take those. (laughs) I can't take off those golden handcuffs. I mean, they give me a really comfortable life and I don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think what you said nails it on the head exactly because 
as humans, we have a need for certainty, right? And there's the Maslow's, you know, hierarchy of needs of, I need my food, my shelter, and my water, and my safety, and my security. And I know this job provides that. And it's really hard to, you know, whether you're just leaving your job where you know your boss and the people and the things, and you want to just move to a different company all the way to, I want to quit my job and do something totally different to, I want to quit my job and start a business, right? Those are all sometimes really big and scary things. And the fear is, what if it's terrible? What if I fail? What if I don't make as much money? You know, there's all of these things. And then on top of that, we have all these fears of what will other people think? What if I waste my time? What if it's not prestigious? You know, all of these things that I certainly went through. So I was like the very typical path of, you know, high school to like business school and college. And um, I worked at PepsiCo for, you know, five or six years right out of college in New York. And I did, you know, I did all the things and I quit my job and started an e-commerce business to start. And it was oh, wow. by far the scariest thing I've you know, that I've done. And that was the hardest part of all of this for sure. So how did you make that leap? (laughs) Yeah. Quitting that cushy, (laughs) comfortable job where you have like a path, you know, there's so much structure and there's a path laid out for you saying like, okay, you have to climb this, climb that. There's, there's this ladder. Yes. Right. And you know exactly how much money you're going to make or what prestige you're going to have or how much recognition you're going to have as you keep climbing that ladder. And then you leave all of that because we still live in a society. We're not Mm -hmm. living in a void. Yeah. You know, you're you're worried about what your parents or your, you know, loved ones will say. And yeah. And they have a lot of opinions. They sure do. (laughs) So I have, oh my gosh, I have so so many stories of like where to start. The first part I wanted to address is is that ladder that you spoke of. There was a quote and it usually comes with visual. I'm I'm obsessed with all the cliche quotes. Um, but it says, um, you know, basically what's the point of climbing, you know, to the top of the ladder, if you're climbing the wrong ladder and it usually has a picture of like oh, I love that. two different ladders. And as I think back, so again, I, I worked in brand marketing at PepsiCo and I actually interned there as an undergrad in college. Um, and as an intern, we met with the CEO of Pepsi at the time, who was this brilliant, um, woman who was Nui. And I remember she was just talking about her life as like the CEO of Pepsi and how, you know, she was, she hardly slept, you know, had a hard relationship with her husband because she was working, you know, like literally 18 hours a day, probably hardly saw her kids. And I remember just sitting there like, that's the top of the ladder. Not that I wanted to necessarily be the CEO of Pepsi, but you know, when we're talking about the ladder you're climbing, I just remember sitting there, I was 21 years old thinking like, I don't want that to be my life. But (laughs) there I went the next year, you know, taking the first like rings of that ladder climbing. Um, And it's so easy to just keep climbing with the little carrot dangle of next promotion and this and that and your paychecks. And um, also like, it was a amazing job. I was working with celebrities and like going to mute, like it was, you know, by all stretch of the imagination, my friends looked in and was like, how do I get that job? Like it was, it was cool. It was fun. But I knew probably two years into it that I was like, I don't really love brand marketing. Um, but you know, I, I was like, maybe I don't, I don't really drink soda. Maybe I should go work on athletic apparel or something. Uh, you know, I was like, maybe it's not brand marketing. Maybe I just need to do a different company, things like that. But I stayed for five, six years. Cause I loved the people and, you know, they trusted me and they started working remotely and it was easy and all of that. Um, but what led me to quit, it was kind of a mix of just pushing against that resistance where I just knew it was so wrong. And for, for me, right. A lot of people that might be their dream job and they might love it. 
um, but also going through a lot of life changes. So I had moved out to Los Angeles, um, the boyfriend at the time got engaged and was working remotely um, in LA, working on all of our music partnerships. It was really fun. And I ended up, I, I ended that relationship. And uh, at the time, Pepsi, we kind of rotate every year or two. And they said, you know, you're ready for your promotion. Uh, we have this job for you. It's that, you know, you can do it in California or New York, but you need to be in one of those two. And I was like, I don't want to go back to New York. California is not my place. Like, I just didn't know. And I just, I couldn't accept, they, they did that like two times. And I just, they're like, if you say no again, like we, you know, like you, you have to make a choice here. And they gave me several days. It was like right before Christmas. And I was like, what do I do? Um, and that was the kind of turning point for me where it was like up against the wall. Cause I, I would have just stayed comfortable. Like just kind of keep chugging sure. along. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't go back. I, I want to be free. I want to, I don't know where I want to be. I want to do something else. And so I was, I was out home for the holidays. I was in Atlanta on a walk with my mom. And she, she used to own an all-dessert restaurant in Atlanta growing up where I'm from. She closed it probably 20 years previously. And someone had tracked her down, was looking for her brownies for Christmas. And I was like, I think they sent her a Facebook message, like total strangers, 20 years later. And she was like, I don't bake anymore. I'm not doing this. And That's that was kind crazy. of where this light bulb moment came where I was like, all right, I could do that. You know, why not? And I knew the, the marketing and the branding and, you know, people love a good family story and all of that. Um, I had never baked or, you know, I had never done anything, but I was like, I can, sure. Why not? Um, so that's kind of that moment where I quit. And there was about, I don't know, six months to a year of doing that where, um, where we talked about those fears and what people think I, you know, I wasn't really making money yet. I left this relationship, moved back home with my parents. I like felt like a total failure in all accounts. Right. I was like, did I just quit this like big glamorous job of celebrities to bake brownies? Like what the hell am I doing with my life? And it was terrifying. Wait, so you were actually baking brownies? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, wait, did you open up a storefront or was this like online or what were yeah. you doing? It's a wonderful question. So I had read, um, I guess like if I rewind two years before that, I was on the beach in Hawaii uh, vacation, but I still worked for Pepsi reading the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Probably a lot of people have read that. (laughs) And that was the moment where I was like, Oh, there's this thing where people, and I had taken kind of one step where I was working remotely from my home. So I was like, I could do all this work from wherever I realize that now. Um, but it was one step further to like, I, I want to travel the world and I want to open a business where I can work from my laptop and not be tied to an office. And I really value freedom. I was like, I don't want a boss. I don't, I don't want all the things I want to work. I, and I work hard, but like, I want to work when I want to work. Um, so as I set up this business, so my mother had had uh, four restaurants in Atlanta that she had closed. And a lot of people, when they heard I was reopening it, were like, it was a really special place. It was a place where people, it was kind of like Starbucks before Starbucks was a thing where you would go and you would gather and like people got engaged there. And, um, you know, it was like where they went after exams and it was a really special place. But I knew for me, you know, I say start with the end in mind as you're building your career. And I knew I wanted to be traveling. So I, um, I built it all e-commerce. So everything was just shipped and I did the baking to start as it was small and eventually outsourced it to someone who did all the baking and shipping, and all of that. So I could just do the business side from my laptop, but it was a lot more baking than I thought, which I realized very quickly I hated. And I also <laughs> had to be the face of the brand. I was like, I don't, I don't care about desserts. I don't care about baking. So it was really not right for me, but it was that first step in the journey that I had to take. Wow. 
So where, wait, and then how did you transition from there to being a coach? Yeah, so there was kind of... So you've actually lived all of this that you now coach other people to do. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And I used all of my experience. I always say as a coach, typically you help a past version of yourself. So for me, um, what what I love, and, and I do love business and all that stuff. And I've since kind of um, ventured a little farther into to other realms, which we can go into as I've discovered my own interests. But for me, it was it was coming from this really corporate type A, you know, business school mentality where you only worked in like finance, consulting, marketing, accounting, um, to, you know, try something different. So yeah. And then I started several businesses and started traveling uh, the world full-time while I did it. And so for me, I love to help people one, get out of that corporate rut or just figure out what they love and, or start businesses because I've, I've actually been there and done it. And what I love now is helping people do, do the same. Yeah. But there was, there was one other little step in there before I started coaching and that's kind of how it, I can talk about that as well, but uh, coaching started when I traveled. So yeah, step two after the dessert business was I actually started an online course helping families with college admissions. And I actually just, just like, it's actually someone emailed me yesterday. She was like, I just watched this video from like two years ago and I really want to buy it. So it kind of exists, but I really try to shut it down and keep my attention elsewhere. Um, but I always say, you know, as we do our career stuff, sometimes you don't know what you're meant to do and you have to kind of just take these random, what feel like random steps along the way. But I was running this e-commerce dessert business and I saw a Facebook ad that was like, you know, how to build your email list. And I had learned enough, you know, doing my own business to know like that's how that's, that's the bread and butter of this dessert business is how do you grow this email list? So I clicked on the ad and it was a whole webinar about online courses, basically like, you know, hidden as an email list kind of ad. And I, had, I didn't know anything about the online course industry. And suddenly I was like, I can sell courses for hundreds of dollars of information that I know instead of baking all day, which I hate, selling really low margin products. And again, some people love baking and, and like that's their joy. It was not mine. Um, so the next best thing I could think of at the time was like, I, I really loved my college experience and I really loved helping, as I look back, like I just like help people figure out how to live a life they love, right? Um, but at the time, what I knew was like, I want to help people get to these colleges that they love so they can have an experience like I did. And so I was going to just help, you know, high school kids figure out what colleges they wanted to attend. But as I looked at the market, like it, with Facebook, it's easier to market to parents and all that. So I created a course to say, how do you help your kid get into a college and also kind of figure out which ones they love? So um, I did that. And that's what really allowed me to kind of take a step back, start traveling full time, working on that online course business. And as I was traveling, that's where I really started helping other people. And during those years, I had done a lot of self-development work and started reading about, you know, emotions and, you know, all these, I was really studying entrepreneurship, like listening to all these entrepreneurial podcasts and everyone was, we talk about meditation and coaching and energy and da, 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 and here's the books to read. So I just got really deep into that. And like, I loved them. And it was like, I just woke up and suddenly it was like, I just loved helping people do that too. And that's kind of, you know, there, there's more detail I can talk, but that's kind of how I started to transition into coaching. So you basically started sneaking that <laughs> agenda into people that came to you and said like, Hey, I need help. And you're like, well, you probably need to reorient how you think. And yeah. I love that you said like, start with the end in mind. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have an end goal. And yeah. your end goal was like, Hey, I want to travel the world. Exactly. And I'll do whatever it takes yeah. to reach you that end to, goal. 
Yeah. And to know your priorities and that angle can change, right? Um, you know, one day I might want to start, stop traveling. Maybe not. I have no idea, but for now, like that's the parameters that I have. And as I coach people, um, you know, I have a friend who is with me here in Mexico who happens to be traveling now, but he doesn't care about it the same way that I do. And as he's thinking about his career and we're talking, he's, you know, like X, Y, and Z is more important to him than being able to travel. And for me, I'm like, don't ever take my travel away. I will do, you know, I want to do my purpose and all of that too. But, you know, like once you rank your priorities, keep those in mind. And as you make your own business decisions, right? Like as I think back to the dessert business, if I hadn't known that, I had a lot of pressure from all of these customers of my mother's calling me, emailing me daily to be like, when's the restaurant opening? And I was like, I should open a restaurant. Like I want to, I want to give this to these people, but I knew myself and I, I didn't even know myself as well as I do now, but I knew well at the time that it was a no because I wanted to travel. So it's really important to have that vision. So I'm guessing that business probably took off. That's why you were getting all these requests and all yeah. this pressure to open a restaurant. Yeah. But you had your priorities and you're like, yeah, not exactly. And closing it too is also like, there's a lot of pressure to keep it open and people still, you know, it's been years since I, since I closed that. And I still get messages of people being like, Oh, please, like, why don't you reopen there? Are you going to do it? But it was taking time and attention away from me. And I knew it's, you know, I, I couldn't do it for other people. What wasn't right for me. And that was really hard too. Yeah. And I think that's a really important part, especially when you're coaching people in a career to identify like, hey, is, you know, you, you mentioned a dream job or a dream yeah. career. Like, how do you even define that, right? Like, how do you even figure that out? Because there are times when you think something that's dreamy on the yeah. outside and you get into <laughs> it and not. you're like, oh my God, <laughs> this is my worst nightmare. Yeah. It's such a cool question because as you're saying, I think that a lot of us sit in whatever career maybe we really loved to start, or maybe we accidentally ended up there because it was what people did after our major. And that major was just like randomly something that our friend did or what we thought we were supposed to do or whatever. Um, and we sit there being like, and, and I was so guilty of this at Pepsi being like, I'm sitting, I sat there for four years being like, what is my dream job? Like, what do I want to do? Um, and I, I never knew what it was because I didn't have the life experience. As you said, I'm literally coaching people on leaving these jobs, starting different things, trying different things, but I had never done that before. So how could I have known that that was my dream job, right? So to me, to me, the dream job, and, it, and that can change, right? For me, it's even shifted and changed, you know, in the past couple of years as I do it and will continue to evolve my whole life. So I don't think a dream job is one stationary place necessarily, Sometimes it can be, um, that might change. But to me, the dream is when you are just loving what you do and feeling aligned and enjoying the work and finding meaning in it probably too. And that's not to say there's not going to be, you know, some tasks or annoying parts or, you know, things that might come up over time. Um, but as a whole, it's like, you're really in what I call your zone of genius, loving what you do. And it's so important to, if you, if you don't know what that is yet, and I certainly did not, like do the next best thing. Like what's the thing that makes you most excited next? And that's terrifying because we're like, but it's not the end. And what if I don't like it? And what if it doesn't pay and, and all of that? But so many people just sit really miserably in their job waiting for that one perfect dream vision to come true. And it never does because we don't take the action. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like that saying, right? Find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. And yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you, but um, it's a funny one because I remember so specifically um, when I was thinking about quitting my job at Pepsi, trying to figure out like what I was going to do. And I, I always kept thinking about that quote, like, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. And here I had this quote unquote dream job. And I was like, I don't like what I'm doing necessarily. And I remember calling my mom, talking to her one day, being like, what do I do? You know, is this, people say this quote, is it true? Like I was just seeking answers. And she was like, Marissa, she was like, work is called work for a reason. If it was called, like, if it was supposed to be fun, it would be called fun. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I just had this thing. I was like, well, what have I been, maybe this is all a lie and work is supposed to be miserable and I'm just supposed to, you know, whatever. And um, it was all out of love. And um, again, things are, things are, work in, in ways, but, um, I don't believe that's true. And I was really trying to balance this, um, dichotomy of those two quotes for a long time, trying to figure out which is the truth. And I really do believe that everybody can find work that they, you know, might feel like work a little bit, but that you really love and enjoy. So that's your takeaway now. Don't believe in either one of them. Just find a middle ground somewhere. Yeah. Or definitely more towards the, like, Love, love what you do and you're like mostly not working but like it's a little bit more I don't know <laughs> that's my truth for now but like that can be questioned like I, I do think there's a way to to never work as well and um, have it just feel really authentic so I'm I'm still on this step to me I'm like it still feels like a little bit of work but like I'm really loving it and um, I do love what I do so it's it's a balance but it's definitely more towards the uh, love love what you do quote I'm definitely there I think like the yogi would say, it's not so much the work, it's the little voice that annoys you while you're doing the work. It's like when that yes. little guy becomes quiet, finally, then yeah. you find yourself in the flow and in place of acceptance. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why when I first start coaching people, um, or say the, the beginning of this, it's like, what's one of the first questions you ask is, when do you just lose track of all that time? When are you, What are you doing when you're in that zone and not thinking and just having so much fun that four hours passed and you don't know where the time went. Uh, and that's what you should be doing. And it's like, how do you find a way to monetize that? And so many people think, um, I, I guess what I've come to realize is typically when we're in that zone where there is no voice and we're just so, so present, um, it's something that comes really easy to us. And so we often don't even realize that it's such a gift because it's been part of us as, you know, part of, part of our personalities or our gifts, our whole life, usually. Um, and we assume that everybody else can do it. So for me, like just having conversations with people, helping friends, helping people, feeling people's emotions, um, is something I've done my whole life. And I just thought everybody did that. Um, so a lot of people don't get real, don't realize that they can get paid for those gifts and for things that come so naturally because you're like, why would anyone pay me? Can't everybody do this? Um, and it's really interesting. No, that's why you get paid to do what you do. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I was sitting on a plane. I was traveling with a friend one time um, who was asking me about my work and, you know, I was talking about sitting and coaching and listening to people and um, just, you know, how emotional it gets. And, and um, he, he was, he, he's a developer, software developer and like loves, like that is not my world, but you know, half the people I travel with, that's what they do. And he was like, Marissa, your job is my worst nightmare. I was, it was just like this mind blowing moment because I was like, that's my, like, I can't think of anything better I want to do with my time. And for me, his job is my worst nightmare. And so it was really 
just like a beautiful contrast to see that we're, we're all so different and you can get paid for your gifts. Yeah. Um, so you, you've been certified by Tony Robbins, right? Yeah. And, uh, of course, he's like the master when it comes to coaching and the coaching industry and stuff like that. Yeah. So let's say I come to you for coaching. Kind of what does that look like? Like, what does the whole process look like? I, I'm, I'm not saying like divulge all your secrets and stuff oh, like that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but what, what can I expect, you know, and what, what am I looking for? Yeah. Um, it's a really important question because coaching, I feel like it is a new uh, industry for a lot of people. A lot of people have never worked with coaches and even people I meet are like, what do you, what do you do? How does it work? What's a coach? Should, should I be working with them? What would that even be like? Um, so the certification I did, um, I, I love Tony Robbins and the work that he does. I think that he's really brilliant and I had been following him. And when I looked at certifications, that was just kind of the one that spoke to me. Um, but in the coaching that I do, I definitely take things that I learned from that. But really, as I think, sometimes I say I get, I get paid, I think just to be in the intuitive person that I am mixed with everything that I've learned along the way, um, my own past, everything I've learned from friends, clients. And sometimes they say, I think I just get paid to read self-development books, which is where I lose track of time and what I love. Um, and sometimes, you know, when I'm mm-hmm. coaching, <laughs> yes, you're like, I'll you. Um, sometimes when I'm, when I'm coaching, I pull, like, it just happens to be that I'm reading a book that is like the perfect lesson for that person in the moment. And it's like, that's what I pull from, or it might be something I learned from, you know, Tony Robbins certification, or sometimes it's just so intuitive that I'm like, where did that even come from? How did I know to ask that? Right. And I don't even know. Um, so it's really a mix and some people do, there's, there's some kind of really structured, coaching programs. So it just depends what you're looking for. If you're like, I want to start a business or, um, I don't know, learn social media, right? People are like, here's step one, two, three, four, five, six. Here's what we'll do over six weeks, right? For me in the coaching style that I do um, right now, it's one-on-one and there, there isn't a specific structure because I don't think we're all created equally. And when I do the one-on-one work, group work's a little bit different. That might follow a structure, but for one-on-one, it's like, what are you showing up with right now? And we might start with these questions or maybe you already know that and we need to like just uncover some fears and some blocks and help you just have the courage to quit your job or figure out like what's this part-time income you can make that will you know help you pay your rent and do whatever and travel while you start this thing and how long will it be? So um, it's not a one size fits all and everybody is in a different place and space. So it's really like we, we, sh- we show up to the call and be like, what's the most important thing right now? Um, as I keep their end goals in mind and kind of work in from both ways. Yeah, I was going to ask, and you, I guess you touched upon that a little. I'm guessing there can be a middle ground or some kind of transition from- Yeah one thing to another it's not that you hey leap and the net will appear and you have to like <laughs> have this crazy amount of trust and do trust falls with yourself or something like that <laughs> no. you know? yeah it's it's different for every person and um again i i take everybody's path really differently because some people come to me and they're like if i'm not making twelve thousand dollars a month from my own income like i'm not quitting my job i'm like okay Somebody else might come and say, okay, I've got all the savings. I don't, I'm happy to go live on so much couch for one year. And I don't care if I make a penny for the next year, I've got to start this thing. Uh, and those are two very different people. And sometimes there's something in between. Um, you know, I had a client who 
was working full time and wanted to start traveling. So he quit. I was like, okay, well, how can you, you know, see if you can work three days a week doing consultant work and make, I think for him, he wanted to make $5,000 a month and he moved to Bali. So his expenses were, you know, a quarter of the price of what he was paying in the U S. So that was his kind of bridge as he started building the thing that he wanted to build. Um, so yeah, it's really different based on, you know, do you have a family? Do you have, I have a lot of clients who are in their forties with kids and that looks very different than someone who's, you know, 27 wanting to travel and quit and try something. So it just, it really depends where you're at. I think in all of this, you've mentioned and all the examples that you've given, it seems like all of these people were motivated. Yes. And I'm guessing, (laughs) (laughs) but what happens when someone comes to you, but they aren't that motivated? You can't. Yeah. I feel that has to come from within. I mean, you can be their cheerleader, but only to. So here's, it's a really fun question because I have a lot of friends who are like, isn't it so frustrating to like help people who, you know, won't make changes. And I feel so lucky as a coach because the people who come to me and the people who find me and the people who are ready to pay me to make these changes is because they've had a point in their lives where they're ready to change and they want to do the work and they are motivated. And I, I can't think of anyone ever of my clients who were in that place where they wouldn't do anything. On the flip side, I have a lot of friends uh, that longtime friends, friends that traveling, you know, all of that, where it is so clear to me. I'm like, I just want to help you. And I know how, and I know what you should be doing. And we'll talk, and sometimes we'll talk about it. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds nice, but I can't do it for X, Y, and Z. And it, that's the fresh, and I've, I've let it go because I finally realized it's like the, the people who come to me for coaching, they want to change and that's joy. And I can't coach the people who don't, want to be helped. And that's a lesson that I learned. So for me, um, in those situations, I've learned to just be me and lead by example. And, you know, so many friends or whatever, like, oh, I wish I could quit my job. And, and I wish I could travel. And I wish I could do that. I'm like, you can, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not different. I'm not whatever. But all I can do is lead by example enough for people to finally say, okay, I'm ready. I want to change, help me. And it's really hard to watch in the meantime when that doesn't happen. Uh, this reminds me of two things. Uh, number one is uh, the, there's this saying, it goes like uh, the teacher can't answer the question unless the student asks for it. Yeah. And then the second one is if you charge enough money, you will not find somebody without motivation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard that quote put in that way, but it's definitely, definitely true. That's such a good one. I used to uh, coach uh, for golf and my, my prices at a different country club were a lot higher. I mean, like four times as high. Right. And in my opinion was worth four times more than when I was giving away my services for free or, or, or charging very little. And then I realized, oh, wow, the value of money goes beyond currency. It's this exchange of energies that unless it's not present, then the exchange can't happen. Yeah. I love that. Cause I had, um, I had a, a lot of the personal development work that I have done has been charging and uh, having money guilt and knowing that I can help people and feeling good about charging. And it's something I still work on, but that was definitely one of the big things that helped me was to realize like when people put money, it's not just about money. It's they've put something that matters. They put their skin in the game and they're willing to make that change. They want to show up. So, you know, if you pay $20 for a coaching session or you pay, you know, 
$2,000 for a coaching session, you're going to be able to be like, I, I want to get my money's worth. And you know, that's not necessarily what I charge. But um, when you, when you put that investment into it, you're willing to show up and you want to make that change. So it definitely is that exchange of energy for sure. So what advice would you give to someone that they are just dabbling with this idea and they don't know if they want to get a coach or where to start or <laughs> yeah, that's going to cost you money, Bodie. Come on. Man. <laughs> so what do I do? Um, no, I would say it's so worth it. And, um, I work with a coach every week myself as well. You know, even as a coach, I say, you know, the quote, you can't see the forest when you're in the trees. Um, I, I can self-coach myself a lot, probably more than most people can. But, you know, when I work with my coach, she calls things out to me. I'm like, ah, oh, like, how did I, I can, I remember one time I literally was having a conversation with a client and I was like, okay, here's, here's this thing you're doing. And here's A, B, and C like to do this week to get over it. And then I went to my coach. I was like, I just can't see what I'm doing here. And she was like, this is what you're doing, A, B, and C. And I was like, I literally just told that to someone literally an hour ago and I couldn't see it in myself. Right. Um, and I, I like, I just started laughing because I, I found it funny, but, um, I just think having a coach is, is so, so valuable, um, and helping you see things that you can't see yourself, see the blocks that you, you know, if, if we knew everything in ourselves, we sometimes, you know, and you can't fix it, but like to have someone to help you work through that and, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so powerful. So I can't, I can't recommend it enough. It's changed my life and I've seen, seen the impact. Um, I just, yeah, it's like I had a, a text message from someone today from a client. They're like, you've changed my life. Like just looking back from the summer and the session I just had literally right before this, where he was like, uh, it, it was really cool. He was talking about the shifts. He's like, I feel like I've been four different people in my life of like big changes he'd seen himself make. And each one took him, you know, years to make. And he, he was like, I, as I'm thinking about this, we've been working together for two months. He was like, the, the changes I've seen in these two months feel like five years of, of work that I, you know, was trying to do myself all this time. And it's just like, it's so cool to see. And um, that's yeah, crazy. I love it. Yeah. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Done. New career sessions. <laughs> Well, I mean, this has been a very enlightening session. And uh, if you're looking for a coach, definitely check out Marissa's website. We're going to have that link in the descriptions. Marissa, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, guys. Such a joy and, to talk. Such a joy to talk to you. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, uh, the beginning of this podcast, New Year is coming up. And if you're at all unhappy with your job, <laughs> You should consider a new career, maybe a new job. And Marissa is here to help. Yeah, absolutely. New Year is a good time for new things, but any time is good too. But I love that. It's so fun to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for joining us in this interview with Marissa. We would love to hear from you. Let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what emotions came out. And please check out Marissa's services. Through her unique journey from corporate to traveling entrepreneur, I feel like she's developed some amazing tools that might make a huge difference in your life if you're looking for change. Until next time, we love you and we hope to see you soon. Next week's episode, we'll have Marissa speaking to us a little bit on the esoteric side of coaching.